Hey guys, just before the episode starts, I'd just like to say both Andrew and I uh, were off for points during this week and since Brian isn't in this episode, we thought it would be best just to have like a fun sort of like chat, um, mainly focusing around the Pokemon anniversary and just like the news fear in general and then we sort of did a wee topic based on an article that came out on Monday. Anyway, we hope you enjoy it and um, now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scottish Games Network podcast. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm not Brian, I'm Andrew. Yes, uh, Brian's not joining us this week because he's on a mysterious mission. Uh, that's that's all we're saying because <laughs> it, it's nothing exciting, but you know we might as well hype it up, you know? <laughs> I mean, as far as he's telling us, it could be anything. I mean, that's who, it. who are we to know? Yeah, going into space, well, fighting to, aliens. To believe it's mysterious. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a bit of a different episode. I feel like every episode I say we've got a different episode because we keep reinventing the wheel. But uh, yeah, this week we're doing something a wee bit different because it's only the two of us. We're just gonna have a wee wee chat uh, inspired by one of our stories this week, and yeah, we'll just see where it goes. But first mm. of all, Andrew, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Um, so I finished the. Bowser's Fury, that mode from the that Super Mario re-release, um, finished that up. I'd kind of been hearing uh, the kind of chat on the internet was like, it's this very kind of like innovative novel mode. But the way that people talked about it was kind of as if it was this kind of like tech demo and not like a fully realized thing. And when I started it, I didn't really have that impression at all. I was like, this is so cool. Like I could totally. Like this seems like a fully fledged Mario experience to me, and now I finished it, I know exactly what they mean. <laughs> um, yeah, um, very very cool, ambitious, ambitious thing uh, that that will be or will be revealed later. Um, but um, it doesn't. I don't know if you have much experience with uh, 3D Mario games, but they tend to, you know, they tend to be really well paced, and the levels tend to growing complexity and you know they usually uh funnel you towards this big kind of cinematic climax like uh super mario odyssey for instance spoilers has a big like showdown on the moon at the end and like obviously that's like a that's like a um a huge kind of grandiose way to end a game whereas this one with the, the kind of open world scenario because it doesn't have set levels like that it doesn't really have this kind of climactic moment it just kind of it just kind of ends once you do enough of a particular thing and and also i found it was a little bit sudden so um so basically what i'm saying is i agree with what everyone on the internet has already said about uh this browser's fury game which is seems really cool we'd love to see more of it um so, yeah. so it's very much a taster type thing. Yeah, so it left you wanting more. Essentially, yeah, exactly. Ah, fair. A good place to place to end up with something. Does it? Look, sorry, uh, does it look like they're um, doing more with that sort of mode? Because I don't, I haven't really been keeping up with Nintendo other than the Pokemon news. Because I'm a massive Pokemon fan. Yeah, well, Pokemon is is yet another uh, another uh, Nintendo franchise which is just Breath of the Wild now. It yeah. seems to be. It seems like they've just kind of locked onto this design philosophy and applying it across all of their their mainline games, which is why in that dirt the other week 
um, they had this kind of like big cinematic opening for Splatoon 3 that looked like it was sort of like an open world game as well. And I'm like, what? Splatoon's Breath of the Wild? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I would. What was the question again? Would I like to see? <laughs> yeah, would you like to see more? And like, do you, is there news that something like Bowser's Fury is coming out later down the line? Eh, no, not at the moment. I think it's probably really unlikely we see another big Mario project, at least on this Switch, until they do a upgrade. Um, you know, between Odyssey and this thing, I'd say it's unlikely. Um, but I would imagine that the next thing they will do will be more in this kind of open world direction because everything Nintendo seems to be that's the way that it's going, right? Like. So, so you you saw that Pokemon trailer, right? For yeah, you probably know more about Pokemon. So it's somehow related to Diamond and Pearl Blast or something. Yeah, so it's called um, Pokemon. Oh, geez, I, I, the name's just lost me. I'm gonna go and Google. It's a weird it. name, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm going to Google I'm, it. I, <laughs> I know Arceus is in there. Um, who's kind of right, my Pokemon? I love the games, but I do not pay attention to the lore. I just I love it for sheer nostalgia, um, but let's see, I can't, uh, right, I'm just going to have to Google the, oh wait, no, right, so it's Pokemon Legends Arceus is the name of it, um, so, like, it seems to be set, like, way before Diamond and Pearl, but still in the Sinnoh region, so it's still in that, sort of, um, yeah, still in that location where you, like, had, like, Piplup and Chimchar and Bidoof and Turtwig. Why did I name Bidoof before the other starter? I was like, let's name two starters, <laughs> then the meme, then the third starter. And Turtwig <laughs> was my starter as well. I was saving the best till last. That's what I was doing. That's what it is. Um, so. But yeah, like, so it seems to be Breath of the Wild meets meets Pokemon, which I'm all for, if I'm honest, because I always th- feel like, like, with the last game, especially with uh, Sword and Shield, I felt like it captured what I wanted Pokemon to be as a kid. And, mm-hmm. like, when I was playing Pokemon and everything was sort of sprites and, you know, uh, very pixelated, in my head it was obviously more than that and you were going on a grand adventure, but really it's... The Pokemon games are quite linear in the sense that, you know, like, even though it is technically open and you can go anywhere, mm-hmm. you, as soon as you get, like, you're sort of just travelling from one town to the next town over by going through one route or maybe, like, a route and then a cave or whatever... And then you get yeah. to the next town, you fight the gym leader, and then you keep going. And I felt like the introduction of like the wild area in Sword and Shield kind of made that feel a wee bit more grandiose and a bit more like impactful and made it feel like you were actually going on an adventure. Like Just that large, sprawling field where there was just wild Pokemon everywhere, which is really cool mm. to me. And yeah. I feel like other people thought the same. And so... They've looked at Breath of the Wild and went, that did really well. And that was kind of like a go anywhere you like at any point type thing. And, you know, the wild area in Sword and Shield did really well. So why don't we just mash the two together? And I think that's what's happening. But there isn't too much to go off of right now. No, no. Um, I I think Sword and Shield almost occupies a similar space to the to the Bowser's Fury that we were just talking about in that like it really seemed like a, a first step in a particular direction right rather than like a full fully finished thing and with this one so far 
uh, wh where do you fall on the big? I I know there was like a a big kind of uproar about the, the art or or the graphics or something. Did you catch any of this stuff? Right. Yeah. I think this is more to do with their confusingly while they're making like a diamond and pearl pre uh, prequel sort of thing mm -hmm. they've also released a diamond and pearl remake and yeah i think people are criti criticizing nintendo because they're essentially just like the pokemon team is just like copying the zelda team's homework because uh, the um right the diamond and pearl remakes look an awful lot like the Link's awakening remake in, sure. in terms of art style. I mean, Link's Awakening remake looks incredible, so yeah. I don't see why that should be a problem. I'm the same. I thought the exact same. I was like, when people like people are complaining about both of them, and I'm like, hey, yeah, like Link's Awakening looks great, and I think it's it's hard to say, like because it only came out a wee while ago, but uh, like I think it's gonna like it's it's got a timeless art style, in the same way that Wind Waker still holds up today. You can go. Not even play the HD remaster on, I think it was Wii U. Um, but even if you yeah. go back to the GameCube, it still looks good today because they didn't go for realism, yep. they went for stylized. And I think that just holds up forever. So I don't see why people are complaining about the Diamond and Pearl stuff. And I also don't understand why people are complaining about the Arceus game just because, like, we haven't seen enough about it. I, I think the little bit that I caught of the, the Arceus criticism was, like, primarily, like, about, like, like dodgy frame rate and stuff but like i don't know it's like it's like a trailer like it's like a game that's like clearly not very far along like uh i mean hold your breath yeah <laughs> it's fine um yeah i, I don't know it's, it's strange how I, I get in the last between this and sword and shield it's like really opened my eyes to like i mean i have not that i followed pokemon very closely but like, there seems to be like a big toxic contingent of the community which like seems like totally in the face of such a wholesome <laughs> property right yeah like, it, there's i don't know yeah it kind oh, of bugs i mean i guess me. there's toxic contingents to every community yeah well it's, yeah. It, it does kind of bug me because i do i play pokemon like it, it's arguably my favorite franchise i i do love them and i play all of them as soon as i can but like, I play them for, like, nostalgia because I just enjoy that sort of gameplay and all that and it's just fun and it feels like you're sort of... It almost feels like coming home after, a, like, a, like, being away for a while. You know, like, you just... You sink into it and you yeah. should relax and all that. But there's some people who, yeah, they just... I think they take it a wee bit too seriously. And I'm like, you've got to remember that, like, a cute wee yellow mouse with red cheeks as the mascot. You know, we're not... We're not trying to rewrite Citizen Kane here, like. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I also think you can take things seriously in like a positive way or like yeah. a generous way, right? Instead of like your first reaction to every situation being "oh, lazy devs," right? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, you know, like there's reasons for everything, and and I don't know. Um, it's really presumptuous to assume that the problem with not I don't presumptuous is not the right word, but like. I don't know. I feel like a lot of this conversation and the conversation about the last Pokemon is sort of like, you know, like people are personally, you know, obviously not as in like on a name by name basis, but like they're blaming the developers for, you know, some sort of perceived lack of skill or effort or something like that. And you're like, making games is so much more complicated than that. It's not one person's like work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they work for Game Freak, like to get to even be in that position you've got to be 
serious about what you're doing, right? Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, you know, after all, yeah, Pokemon is the, I think it's the biggest video game franchise, like, in terms of, like, yeah. revenue earned ever. Um, or it's, mm-hmm. it's de- like, yeah, it's either that or it's, like, definitely I up there. I can believe it. I can believe it. I heard recently that it's the, the most, the, the most grossing franchise, right? Like, entertainment yeah. proper, property. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. I think it's it, bullshit. I need to look that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like, well, fact check in the show notes um but i'm fairly certain um <laughs> that if you take into account the cards the movies the anime and the games it is like in terms yeah. of like entertainment properties it's the most likes are profitable or definitely that like the highest grossing yeah according to this uh <laughs> hastily googled list oh okay, actually let's take a guess actually so i mean obviously this is this is one list and may not be the accurate but the one that comes up top of google so pokemon is at the top uh, of the highest grossing media franchises can you guess any of the other top five? Oh, i'd imagine mario is probably there as well but then i might be wrong with that so th- there aren't actually any other game franchises oh. in there so okay. the others are all none of them are game franchises i reckon it'll be now will they class disney as just disney uh or yeah will... so uh, uh, disney makes a there's a big disney presence yes of, so think 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 disney things yes yeah, so i was thinking star wars marvel pixar maybe Right, so Star Wars is definitely in there. So Star yeah. Wars is the number five, apparently. But so it's it's kind of breaking it down into franchises, which I guess is like a is like a you know this is very much like a what's the criteria type thing. Hmm. But I'll tell you that Pokemon, apparently the highest grossing media franchise. Number two, Hello Kitty, apparently. So I do guess you know, that's like a it's massive merchandising thing. Do you know? I I believe that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen on Netflix the series uh, "The Toys That Made Us." Right. No, I've not seen it, but I know of it. Yeah. Um, they have a Hello Kitty episode. I can't remember if it's since season one or two. But they they went into like the idea that there's some people that own just like everything Hello Kitty branded. Like, I just feel like they just slap their name on a lot of stuff. So yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like a, you see, like pictures of like Hello Kitty, like hotels and things like this, like nuts. So the other two are uh, Winnie the Pooh coming in at number three. Wow, which is also bizarre. But I guess if you think of like you know like clothes, even for like yeah. babies and stuff like that, like it's just everywhere. And 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 that's above Mickey Mouse at number four. Wow. So Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse getting beat out by Pikachu. Take that. Yeah, here we go, mouse <laughs> to mouse. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the battle of the mice. Um, again, I can't can't confirm the the absolute legitimacy of this list, but it is this is the the the, the one according to Wikipedia. So there you go. Oh well, the the most valid of sources. Do you know? As soon as Brian leaves, <laughs> we just run rampant, and we're like, we're not going to speak about Scottish games. We're going to speak about Pokemon and use Wikipedia to fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you if you this read the content you want. <laughs> I promise you if you read scottishgames.net uh, we do a bit more research into our articles than just a quick wikipedia search Ryan and Brian can certainly promise that I can <laughs> just wikipedia that's it that'll do just one search whatever's the top of google that'll do <laughs> Uh, I actually, I, I was writing a list uh, a list feature the other day and I ended up having to call a dev to find out where they're located because on one website it said one place and on another website it said another and 
I found on the website that was wrong for their location a phone, a, a contact phone number for them. And I was like, I'm just, just going to phone and yeah. see what happens because uh, it's quicker than an email. Man. We go above and beyond. That's, that's the real journalism stuff. That's yeah, it. that's the real journalism stuff, man. <laughs> I'd be way too feared to do that. Like, <laughs> um, like who are you? And, you know, I did. I got off the phone and I did say, like, I felt like a proper journalist. You know, like... Because, you know, I, did, I, I phoned up and the first thing I said was, Hi, this is Ryan from Scottish Games Network. I was just wanting to confirm your location because we're doing oh, this beautiful. list. Um, and I was like, oh, I felt right professional there. That was brilliant. Um, whereas normally I'm fannying about with editing software and just having a bit of a laugh. You should have asked them if they know anything about Frog Fractions 4. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, a story for another time. Uh... Frog Fractions is is kind of long long running like a weird indie mystery game that seems to pop up in other people's games from time to time. You know, they they run sort of ARGs and things like that. So it's the kind of thing that you never know who might know about the whereabouts of the next entry in the Frog Fractions franchise. You know, I always mix up what I um, what I say at the end of an email, like you know, like yours sincerely or looking forward to getting back to you. I'll just start I'll change it to do you know anything about Frog Factions four question mark, comma, (laughs) Ryan. And that's just gonna be how I sign off every email now. Yeah, we're we're just changing everything about this show this week. It just it feels like it's pure chaos. But let's let's go on to our main topic, because we've discussed Pokemon and that's all the news in Scotland um, so now <laughs> on, uh, I swear to god like people are gonna like we're gonna get such bad reviews for this episode people are gonna be like Ryan is uh, Ryan Brian is the linchpin that holds this whole thing together and you're right he definitely is um, he's the At one least that we'll deserve it. yeah exactly we're, we're working for those bad reviews um, <laughs> So, anyway, yes, the website this week. On Monday, we published... Well, actually, the, our wonderful editor, Brian Baglow, published an article t- entitled, let's get the full name up, shall we? Um, Kerem Gorms Recreated in Minecraft. I thought, it, I thought there was a longer title than that. I could have probably just guessed. Someone's taken the time to make the entire Kerem Gorms National Park in Minecraft. Pretty much as like a, an education tool uh, to raise awareness for environmental issues and just to get sort of younger people into geography. And that got us thinking, what was our most ambitious undertaking within video games? Andrew, can you kick us off? Ah, yeah. I mean, when, when you mentioned this topic, I, I was trying to think of, I, I'm not a particularly ambitious gamer, I have to say. Certainly with Minecraft, I, my ambitions amounted to uh, dig a hole in the ground and survive, maybe. <laughs> I never really built anything too enormous. I don't know, something I did recently, which uh, purely out of lockdown, was I actually finished a a uh, very long JRPG, which is something that I, I have I've never really done. Like I've played a few of them and this idea of sitting down to like a 60 hour experience and trying to get your way through it, especially with all the kind of grinding and there's a great deal of repetition involved, but it was totally worth it. The, the game I played was this, this uh, RPG from like 10 years ago called Lost Odyssey, which I had started many times over the years and basically 
if I wasn't going to finish it now in this current situation, when was I ever going to finish it? And I hugely recommend it. <laughs> so there's ambition for you, finishing games. That's as hard, that's as that's as ambitious as it gets with me. How about you? Um, well, I I've written down a couple. Uh, so my first one, which right. To some people, yeah, these will not be ambitious at all. These are just playing a video game. But um, yeah. for me... I mean, I've set the bar here. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, like one that really jumped to mind was... I don't know, if you, have you ever played Payday 2? Very briefly. It was like free to play for a while or something, right? Potentially? I, I'm honestly not too sure. I've been out of the loop for a good it's, wee while. It's a clown mask heisty one. Yes, so essentially yeah, it's, it's like... If you could instead, like if you were playing Left 4 Dead, instead of shooting zombies, you're robbing banks. That's kind of the idea. It's online co-op, um, first-person shooter, and you like you can kind of take whatever approach you like. So if you want to go, you know, all guns blazing, like you know, shotguns and machine guns, then you can do that. Or you can opt to, you know, sort of wear less body armor so you can walk past guards and they're not gonna get suspicious and sort of like only carry sort of weapons that you can conceal and then like sneak about and um i can't remember why i think there was an event coming up or something and um me and my mates were like oh we need more money in game to sort of compete in this event or to like take part in this thing or whatever it was or it might have just been that one of us was wanting to unlock a weapon and you needed in-game currency for it so we were like oh we'll take on a really sort of big job and there was this one heist mm. that was in like an arena, like uh, while someone, some sort of international pop star is doing a gig. So it's like full of people. And oh, cool. the idea is you're meant to like sneak in like backstage and like take all the money from the venue. And oh, that's so cool. It's like a Hitman level. It's funny you mentioned Hitman because um, because Hitman 3 just came out and I literally just got my copy. It arrived earlier today. I've decided to play through Hitman, Blood Money, then Absolution, then what? Uh, then I uh, like the latest IO one, two, and then play three. So I'm like really building up to it. Now that's real ambition. That is that is ambition. That's ambition. Yeah, um, I just I love the franchise. It's I, I mentioned how Pokemon's one of my favorite franchises. I think Hitman is also up there. I love a good stealth game, and the idea of like the social stealth in those games is just really cool and I love it the way that you don't necessarily have to stick to the shadows you just need to walk past people confidently and act like you own the place and it's fine but yeah anyway what's the, what's the name of the like there's like a spe- name for like the, the the hard mode basically in Hitman right oh um, like a specific I can't remember oh uh, do you know I've, I've lost it because as I said at the start of the segment I am not the most ambitious I tend to play things on normal <laughs> or you know well, I mean, that, that's, that, that needs to be your ambition, though, is to play it on that, like, whatever so, it is. Like, the equivalent of uh, um, the, like, instant... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like a hardcore <laughs> mode. Permadeath. It's like the equivalent of permadeath, yeah. Yeah, play permadeath, silent assassin only. I'm not allowed to be spotted. That's or... it, silent assassin. That's Th- it. That's <laughs> it. So, um, silent that's assassin's a rank. So, um, at the end of each Hitman level, ah. you get a rank for, like, what, like, how well you did. And Silent Assassin is like you only killed your target, uh, like no one else got hurt, no one else spotted you, like there was no, like they didn't find the body, like there's just you completely, you know, cover your trail. Um, so it's almost like you weren't there, and that's kind of the ultimate goal is to get that in every level. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah. back to Payday. in every game. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, from blood. Like, do you know? Let's go back to like Hitman contracts and you know, Codename Forty Seven, and just like go from the start and just you know every level silent assassin now if play like Lynch too as well yeah <laughs> just just for the hell of it um uh, but yeah um back to payday uh i yeah me and my mates decided we're gonna do that level and we'll do it on the hardest difficulty uh, it's funny that we mentioned difficulty levels because that obviously gives the highest payout and we we're like None of, like, me and my mate Dylan were not equipped um, to do, like, an all-guns blazing on the highest difficulty level. Because in Payday, there's, like, a skill tree. And I think we both went for, like, slightly sort of nippier characters that were better with, like, light armor and could, like, reload faster and run around and stuff. Um, Because there's some points in a mission where you'd be, like, at the bank vault and then it's like, oh, now you need to, like, run over to, like, the computer terminal, which is the other side of the bank. So it's, like... You know, like it sometimes pays to be a bit quicker, um, especially if you've got like a squad, because normally one of your mates is always the person who really likes having big heavy weapons and armor and stuff. So you might as well let, let them do that. that. Yeah. Um, so me and my mate Dylan were not built for that. My mate Jack kinda was, um, but we wouldn't be able to do like just with three of us do that, or we didn't think we would anyway. And I think you also got a cash mm. bonus for not being spotted. So. We properly let Ocean Eleven this. We like planned it out, and so <laughs> when you like when you decide to take on a mission in Payday Two, uh, it gives you like a floor plan, like a blueprint for the building. And normally, that's just like you hit like you know start game, and then while it's loading up the level, you'll go into it and like draw like draw on it and have a bit of a laugh or whatever. Um, but we actually, before readying up, actually opened this up and was like, right, so we'll come in from here and we need to like hit this, this, and this, and we're gonna like take this route and we planned everything and like drew on like, you know, like we need to like meet up at this point and we'll split up here to do this. And we came up with a plan and we're like, right, we've got it. And like there was a few hiccups along the way. Like I remember at one point I was separated from the, like the other two for an extended period of time. Mm. Because I think we were meant to like dart across this corridor. So there was like a room either side of the, the corridor. And we were just meant to open the door, run across, open the other door, get into this other room. And the other two did it. And then just as I was away to go out last, I, got, I, I think I heard a guard coming around the corner. And I think he was heading into the room I was in. So I was like, ah, so I'm going to have to go out oh. the way I came in. And then I had to like properly go like all the way around the map to get back to them. Um, so like you know but we we stayed we stayed stealthy and all that Um, and then the exit to that map is in the sort of multi-story car park and what you do is once you've got the money because it's obvious like because you know if you're carrying duffel bags full of cash it's going to slow you down so you can put the um, the uh, bags of money in a sort of rubbish chute and because the bins are in the multi-story car park, so they're right next to your getaway vehicle. So we're like, right, okay, throw all the money down there. And we were about halfway to the the parking lot, and then one of us got caught. Let's say for comedic value, it was me. I I don't know, someone left a banana peel, I slipped, and it was all Mario Kart-esque. And then we ended up going into this, like, massive shootout, like, trying to get out of there. And, I mean, essentially, we didn't achieve the goal, but it was a great time, you know? Uh. 
So that was sort of ambition got the better of you. That was it. Uh, we still, I mean, we still got a, a decent amount of cash, but the the like sort of completely silent bonus would have helped us. But oh well, like I don't play payday anymore, yeah. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I said I never played it again. Yeah, no, I, was, I actually uninstalled it as soon as the guard spotted me. Like the ultimate rage quit, you know. Rage quit forever. Yeah. I got a screwdriver, I, you know, I, I took the hard drive out the PC, flung it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a it's a it's a tightrope. It's that ambition, you know. It, it really is. You get too too passionately involved in something. So what were your other? You said you had your three ambition stories. What are yes. Um, well, my my second one was that uh, you can go and find it on YouTube if you really want. Um, I decided if, during Ooh. lockdown, I decided to give myself something to do because I think everyone got into a point where you didn't know what day of the week it was, you know, because every day was the exact same. Like, mm. so to break up my week, what I decided to do was like give myself a Monday to Friday. So every night for like an hour, hour and a half, I would just stream on YouTube. Yeah. That's what I did. And uh, I can't remember what I just finished playing. I think I'd played Until Dawn because like I invited my mates to sort of watch the stream. So it meant that we could all kind of play together. Because, you know, like, they would be like, oh, you should yeah. say this, or you should do this, or whatever. And that's what, so, like, that was that was a really great sort of game to stream. But then I didn't know what I was going to do in between, like, you know, as my next series. So to kill time for a night, I booted up the crew, um, Ubisoft's open world driving game, where, like, the whole of America yeah. is the map. And I decided I was going to try and drive from New York to L.A., Without a like sat nav or map or anything, I was just gonna like try and do it. <laughs> just road signs. Yeah, well, that was the plan. It was to use road signs, but I was like, I decided. I looked up that like if you if you had if you had a map, you could do it in like I think it was thirty five to forty five minutes. You know, like properly really? gunning okay. it. Because uh, obviously the map isn't massive, you know, it's uh, it's not yeah. actually the size of the US. So I was like, okay, I, I think what I'll do is I'll set myself an hour and I've got to do it without a map. And then I was like, oh, it's 50 minutes leeway. So like if I get like stuck in any of the cities or if I find myself like going, uh, like, you know, going in the wrong direction, I can always adjust. And my plan was, I, I planned out my route. I was like, you know what, just to make sure that I definitely do it. I'm not just going to go as the crow flies because I feel like that's that's dangerous. You might end up, you know, like going in the wrong direction and not noticing it. I was going to use the map's boundaries, mm-hmm. so I was going to go like because New York's obviously like in the like northeast. I was like, if I just travel mm-hmm. along like the northern border and then come down the west coast, I'll end up in LA. Right. That was the plan. Uh huh. Uh-huh. When we hit the half hour mark, I was still in New York because that city is a maze. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true. Jeez. I got out in New York. I used the highway system and all that, and I got out in New York eventually because, like, the highways out in New York was like, yeah, they were all like, if you followed one lane, because I was like, if I just stay on the lane that's going for it, like, you know, going away, I'll end up out of the city. But no, it just loops back on itself and then connects up to the lane heading back into New York. And I was like, there must be a turn-off yeah. I missed. So I tried that and I couldn't find it. So I was like, okay, this is just I, I, like a nonsense road. We're just going to try something else. Eventually we got out of New York. 
And I was like, we've wasted way too much time. And there was a railway track next to me when I got out of New York and I was like, um, and I was like, right, here's a plan. Roads have like, you know, lots of different exits and entrances and yada yada, which is gonna cause me to get lost. So I had this ingenious idea to drive along the railway tracks and then I could just sort of move out the way if a train came. That was the plan, because they can only go in one direction, so that was the idea. Um, oh, I should also mention, I didn't have a compass, like, you know how your map, like, your sort of, like, map at the top of the screen yeah. will normally have a wee compass? Didn't have that, because I thought that was also cheating, because uh, I would have just followed that and been like, okay, well, just stay north, then go south. So instead, yeah. I, yeah, I decided I would sort of just turn off all the UI, and I was driving along this railway line, and it's getting to about, yeah, about the 30 minute mark, and I'm like, right guys, let's face it, we're not going to do this, but the like, the challenge is now to see how far away from New York we can get in the remaining time. And I drive mm-hmm. along this road, I drive along the railway, which was le- heading in the opposite direction to where I'd been driving, you know, so it was heading, like, away from NYC, yeah. according to, like, you know, what I thought, and I was, <laughs> I got on, like, I started driving and then the like the railway became a bridge and I was like right there shouldn't be any water here should there and then like uh-huh. it like the weather had gotten foggy and just through the fog I could just see the Empire State Building looming <laughs> <laughs> somehow we'd gotten turned around <laughs> oh, again geez. so I had to like U-turn and yeah. gun it and um, by the time the hour passed we were in between now I thought this was really good by the time the hour, like, when the hour alarm went off, I was in between Salt Lake City and um, Las Vegas. Because by that point, I was like, screw my plan to go along the north, uh, the northern border, just as the crow flies, because we're just trying to, like, save face at this point. You know, as long as we get away from New York, mm. for as, like, you know, as far away as we can, that's a bonus. That's all we're trying to do. And yeah. so I got in between. Yeah, that's the. T- I got there at the hour mark. So I'm noticing that both of my ambitious stories resulted in failure. But I mean, hell, it was a challenge. I, it's so fascinating the idea of being lost in a game. I think it's like a really rare experience, right? Like most games are really designed to. Even open world games are designed to kind of funnel you in particular directions and give you like lots of like landmarks. And obviously, you usually have the map, but. That's so cool, just being like, I ended up back here again by mistake, and I don't know. I think it's a cool experience, especially in like a safe space where it doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just play a big open world game and, and just not have any idea where I'm going now. Um, well, I, I always quite like it, uh, like doing sort of wee things like that. Like, I played Skyrim once. Um, without using any fast travelling and that was including um, getting on the cart to take me to like strongholds if you know if I was in one location I could either like ride a horse or walk to like to another location and that's all I did just because like there's quite there's almost a purity to the experience it felt like quite I don't know, every time you got to a place, you had a new story to tell, because, like, oh, like, I, I went through this bandit camp, and that happened, and that wouldn't have happened if I just fast-travelled or whatever. So, yeah, I, I do feel like there's a lot there's a lot of fun to be had in sort of setting yourself wee, 
wee goals like that. Um, For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd... Yeah, like the um, the Pokemon community. Uh, we mentioned that earlier. They've got like they've got a challenge for playing those games. Um, it's called a Nuzlocke, and I've always wanted to do it, and I've never got around to it. But essentially, the the idea behind it is, uh, you ca- like you every time you go to a new route, you can catch one Pokemon and only one Pokemon, and that like that's not just like the one like you know when you're in that route the first time, then you could leave and come back and catch another. Like you can have one Pokemon from route one, one from two, route two, yada yada. Um, and with every mm-hmm. Pokemon you catch, you have to give them a nickname, and then if they right. faint. You have to treat it as a death, and you have to release them. Oh my god! So you could get all oh. the way through the game. It's it's a, it's essentially hardcore mode for Pokemon. Um, you could get all the way through yeah, the game, get to like yeah, get to the elite four, and then one of them could wipe your team out, and that's you. Like, I I think the oh idea is you're meant to always have backups because you know in every if you're going to every route and you're catching a Pokemon, then. You should have more than mm-hmm. six. So if yeah, if you like, if you lose all six Pokemon, you can then go back to the like the PC and the Pokemon tra- uh, Pokemon Center and just you know swap out your team. And then, but then yeah, that yeah. makes the game a hell of a lot longer because the chances are you haven't touched them for like multiple hours and you've got to go and level yeah level them up. You know, that's so intense. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. Like I I. I've always really wanted to do it, just to see how far I'd get. But knowing me, I'd mm. I'd get really unlucky against like my rival in the first battle and lose. You know, like it would be one of those <laughs> situations where it's like yeah. your attack missed, your attack missed, and it just keeps going on until eventually I lose, and then I'm like, well, that's the that, challenge that, over. That, that was my experience of a. Uh of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. actually. I've not finished S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, I guess I'm pretty close. But everyone was talking about how easy it was. <laughs> and that was not my experience at all. Like, I, I actually thought it was really difficult, oddly. Like, I, like, I mean, I played Red and Gold back then. But, um, you know, it's the first one I played in ages. And it's not like I'm, I've never played any RPGs. But I don't know, I don't know why it was I was finding it so difficult <laughs> like i was like wiping out at gym after gym and then like having to go respect my party to be like okay i need this kind of pokemon for this gym um yeah i don't know i was maybe overthinking it <laughs> yeah i i tend to find that i tried to get like a, a decent base team of just like you know they cover a, a range of of um type advantages and stuff and then just go with that but i did find that like right I always tried to, what the first time I play a Pokemon game, I tried to play it using only that um, that region's Pokemon, because I feel like that's the best way to like learn right. the new ones and stuff. And like you know, so you don't just play yeah. every game and be like, well, I've got a team of like Lapras, Pikachu, you know, yada yada, and just like all Gen One Pokemon that you've been using for years. Um, and I found mm-hmm. that I I didn't have an answer to Fire types. Because there wasn't very many right. water types that I mean, there were there were water types. I just think that there wasn't any that I found appealing. And I, like, if I'm gonna spend time with my Pokemon, I want them to be ones that I'm like, ah, oh, I think he's cool or whatever. And I just I didn't find any yeah. water types that I liked. And my team was fairly balanced until I came up against a fire type. That it was like, 
well, I'm just going to send out my Sendiscorch, who is also a fire type, and then we're just going to, you know, cancel each other out, and just I'm going to have to hope that I win. <laughs> yeah, brute force it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're interesting games, and, and like, subtly complex as well, I think. Yeah, like, there's people... I, I don't really get into, like, the stats thing at all. I play the game, you know, I just... Yeah, I played the game with a team that I enjoy, and that was it. Like, it blew my mind when I found out that um, the Onyx is actually, like, terrible. I didn't know that at all. Oh, really? Yeah, but uh, apparently his attack and defense stats are, like, pretty poor, and that's why in, like, you know, red, green... Oh, red, blue, and then later green and yellow. Um, Brock's the first gym leader is because his ace is mm. Onyx, and so it should be a bit easier for you because of his poor stats. Which, yeah, like, ah, shoot me. Man. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've spoken an awful lot about Pokemon this I episode. Just, well, I, I actually was just thinking about how we can tie Pokemon into Scotland because we totally can. Yeah. Uh, there is there is a there's a very literal Pokemon Scottish connection, right? Do you know do you, uh, from hmm. Detective Pikachu? Do you know Do you know this? No, I don't so think I do. The parts of Detective Pikachu are are, are filmed in Scotland. Really? Um. So yeah, 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 yeah. So you know the scene where uh, um he brings Pikachu to like that stone to like bring him back to life and then like Mewtwo like appears like in the kind of gorge bit that that so that's called the devil's pulpit like just outside Glasgow and it's like it's like such a cool place to go and visit I definitely recommend it you you can't do it without getting wet like to like go through it you're like knee high in water but it's just this really cool geographical place worth visiting Um, and the other bits in Scotland you know when they're like they're like driving about in that like dinky wee car. Such a cool car, by the way. <laughs> I want one yeah. so much. Is it a G Wiz? Um, it's like that wee electric car, isn't it? Yeah, apparently it's discontinued now or something. Because oh, I, I looked it up after the film. I'm like, I want this car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but those those are like filmed, uh, you know, like around, I want to say like around Glencoe, but like definitely kind of Highlandsy area. So not all of it is filmed in Scotland, obviously, but quite a lot of it is filmed in Scotland. So that's there so we go. Cool. There's our Pokemon connection. It's all worth it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's that's why we've been speaking about Pokemon so much. We're just promoting Bonnie Scotland. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So I I guess we've comprehensively covered the world of video games in Scotland this episode. I think that's everything you need to know. Is um, definitely our experiences <laughs> with. Uh, with Pokemon and me messing up in Payday 2 and then messing up in the crew. I think, I mean, if you guys have seen our Let's Play stuff, I'm not very good at video games. Like, I never I, I never pretend to be. Just because it's kind of my job to play them doesn't mean to say I'm good at them. Yeah, absolute same. Absolute yeah. same. <laughs> um, well, uh, like, I guess we might as well start wrapping up. So... As per usual, um, every week we have a spotlight from within the world of games in Scotland, and this is how we're. This is why it's still the Scottish Games Network podcast. Um, so this week <laughs> I decided that I that we should highlight Zoe Sams, uh, who is a tools programmer for Rockstar, um, based in Edinburgh now, I believe, but. Uh, she also has her whole her own Twitch channel, uh, Jaffa Cake XD, 
uh, Jaffa Cake, all one word, and then space, XD, and uh, capitals. And she had, uh, she was live streaming for Playaway yesterday at the time of recording. Wednesday for you guys. Um, so yeah, like that's really cool. So, or was it Tuesday? I can't remember. I should have fact-checked that, shouldn't I? Oh well. <laughs> We've done it now. <laughs> I think Wednesday is right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought, why not promote her channel? Uh, I've been subs- I've been following her on Twitch for a good wee while. Just, uh, she does some really cool stuff, and it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so, Andrew... What, what kind of stuff? Uh, so, she's just finished completing The Room. Do you know the puzzle game? Um, yeah, so like, she's just done Yeah, there's that. like a few of them, right? It's like a series. Yeah, so I think... The fourth one was the one that she's just finished. I think she's finished the series now, or at least she's caught up to where it's at. See, the problem was I wasn't able to stick around for every live stream. So, like, if you go back and watch the VODs, then you'll see my name appear in the comments a couple of times. But I'm, like, I was (laughs) only ever there for, like, a wee while. And because of that, like, the the room's got a weird story to it. And so every time I came in, I was like... I don't know what's going on, and you know Zoe would be saying like, "Oh, that makes sense because Mr. Owl told us this, and now that's going to affect that, and now the talking deer is going to." And I'm like, "What? Like, I, I don't get what's going on." <laughs> so like, there was no point in like you know, I I was like, I might as well go back and watch the vods when I've got the time, and then I'll get what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think four yeah. is at least the latest one, if not the last in the series. And I think the last thing Zoe did on her channel was um, actually Pokemon related. I think it was the 25th anniversary. Um, the like, uh, I think she did a sort of like. Of course, it's totally, totally topical to be talking about Pokemon. We shouldn't be apologising. I forgot about it. Yeah, it's, that that's it. So like, we tied it back to Scotland. It was the 25th anniversary. We're we're just all good. Like we're just. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I think this episode is going to be called the Surprise Pokemon episode. I think I don't think I'm going to actually number it. I guess it's going to be that. Um, but yeah, anyway, Zoe does a much better job of staying on topic and being like professional than we do, uh, especially without the supervision of Brian. So please do check her out. Um, link to her Twitch channel and socials in the description. Um, so Andrew, what have we got planned for the coming week? Uh, so we've got the usual combination of new stuff from around the UK and the uh, Scottish industry. So we've got a few pieces on that. And then also, you'll have noticed this week that a company profile went up on Conglomerate Games, uh, who are they're working on a, a game about uh, breathing. Um, very interesting reading about the kind of technology and stuff involved in that. We'll have more of those company profiles going up on several people around the Scottish industry. So please look out for more of that stuff. Um, what about you, Ryan? What's going on in your corner? Um, so, as per usual, you'll have the podcast going up. Um, we should try to get chatting back now that I don't need to be attending Playaway talks. Um, by the way, uh, if you're watching this the day it goes live, Playaway is finishing today, like tonight. Go go check out the last couple of events. Um, and next week, when Brian's back, we'll probably do a big overview of everything we went and uh, we saw and just we'll point you in the direction of all of our favourite stuff. Yeah, so since that's done, I'm probably going to write an episode of, of chatting that'll go up on Monday. Um, we, I've got an art uh, listicle uh, in the works. It's ready to go. And I've also got a game announcement. So that should also be 
out by the time you listen to this, fingers crossed, maybe. Depends on how the back-end stuff goes. But yes, uh, that's that's everything to expect from SGN. Um, as always, thank you ever so much for watching. We've been your hosts, I've been Ryan. Yeah, I've been Andrew. Um, and Brian hasn't been with us this week, you may have noticed. Thank <laughs> you ever so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>